to Behind the Byline, the Daily Northwestern's weekly look inside our newsroom as we interview our staffers on the key stories they're reporting on around campus and in Evanston. I'm Ryan Wangman, one of the Daily's audio editors this quarter, and I'll be your host today. For this first episode, we're talking to city reporter Emma Edmond, a freshman who has been looking into sustainable energy initiatives put forth by the local government. Emma, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Ryan. How are you? I, I'm also doing very well. I'm very excited to, uh, to get this kicked off. Me too. And again, so our central topic today is around those local sustainability efforts. And importantly, as you well know, very recently in December, the Evanston City Council approved the Climate Action and Resilience Plan, which included a target of a 100% renewable electricity supply for Evanston by 2030. Now, Emma, can you break down this plan for us and how this agreement fell into place? Sure. So back in 2017, Mayor Steve Haggerty, he put together this climate action and resilience plan working group full of citizens and, you know, Northwestern students, I believe even an Evanston student, Evanston Township High School student, who came together to help develop goals for Nor- for Evanston to achieve. And among those goals included the 100% renew- uh, renewable ener- electricity goal, being entirely carbon neutral by 2050, and then also... Uh, reducing waste to zero by 2050. And so, exactly. And this plan came out right around the same time as the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Report uh, from October of 2018, which listed out all the possible consequences of humans failing to reduce global warming to below 1.5 degrees. So in a sense, even though this was started before the report came out. This is Evanston's almost their response to the report, their way to kind of combat climate change here locally. Yeah. And so what does this plan, what does this framework mean in kind of in simpler terms for, you know, Evanston residents, including students? Sure. So a lot of these plan, a lot of this plan focuses on municipal operations, uh, businesses reducing their own kind of emissions. But for Evanston residents, there's going to be a lot of outreach in terms of uh, climate and uh, cultural change in regards to climate, you know, uh, reducing your own output, taking walking more, biking more, taking mass transit instead of driving cars, or instead, if you're going to drive a car, maybe use electric vehicles. So while um, you residents may have heard of this kind of stuff before. This is really um, a focused effort to increase the environmental sustainability of Evanston as a whole, not just, you know, businesses, not just the city, but the entire town. Yeah, no, definitely. It sounds to me like a large scale, widespread kind of coordinated effort organized by the city to, to get this done. But you know, can can you give a little context for this? Can can you talk a little bit about how this plan stacks up with some other similar initiatives that the city council has has pushed out in the past? Sure. So within the past ten years, Evanston has also produced two other climate change plans. Uh, the first was in two thousand eight, the Evanston Climate Action Plan, and the other one was the Liberty, Livability Plan in twenty fourteen. Both of those really focused on reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and they were both pretty successful. I believe the 2008 plan reduced greenhouse gas emissions by 13% uh, using 1990 baseline levels, and uh, the livability plan reduced greenhouse gas gas emissions by 19% for 2005 levels. So they were both relatively successful, and now this new plan, though, it's a lot more detailed, has um, very, very big goals 
for 2030, 2050, you know, 30 years away, 2050. So it's very, they, it's more long-term than previous goals, but it also focuses more on reducing waste, redu- getting, instead of just getting rid of emissions, also increasing emissions from renewable energy sources that won't harm the environment as much. So it's a lot, it's a lot more complex, in-depth, and hopefully more on target to reduce the effects of climate change here in Evanston. Absolutely. And so if, if, if you'll allow me, I'd like to ask you to put on kind of a, a pundit hat for, for a second here. And, and I'm just really curious for, you know, analyzing this story in, in terms of some of the larger context that surround it. So, you know, one thing that I was really interested in is a plan like this kind of directly contrasts with the direction federal policy is heading on climate change and environmental sustainability. So can you see this initiative being successful without federal support? I think that the initiative could be successful without federal support. A lot of the initiatives in the past have been very local, very um, focused within Evanston. And Evanston itself is has a very you know unique, uh, very developed relationship with businesses, areas around here that focuses on creating positive environment, environmental impacts on the city. It Not having national support could be difficult in terms of generating public support. I can't be sure, but it is feasible for sure for Evanston to do this by itself. A lot of this is very locally focused anyway and doesn't necessarily require or necess- necessitate national support on a federal level. Okay, absolutely. But also looking at, at kind of when we're talking about larger scale, we're talking about something like like the timetable for this project, which you know we talked about earlier in the podcast. But target year is 2030 uh, for, again, that 100 uh, percent renewable electricity supply for Evanston. And so 2030 might sound kind of far off, but that's just over a decade away. So you know, what are the main challenges you see with such a short window to implement these widespread fundamental changes to the way energy consumption operates in the city? Sure. So I've talked with city staff, I've talked with aldermen, and something that really kept coming up was this idea of a cultural behavioral change. And for that to happen within 10, 11 years is going to take a lot of effort from everyone and not just city staff, not just other residents or not just other businesses you know everyone needs to be involved in this also i think developing different uh developing relationships and establishing these kind of renewable energy you know windmill farms other kinds of renewable energy plants is going to take a little bit of time and so if that if this goal is going to be met by 2030 um i believe that evanston should probably and i'm sure they've been talking about this get a jump on that and start developing these plans relatively quickly yeah and so you know what is the next you know timetable that maybe you're looking out for in terms of okay this is going to be a benchmark this is where we're going to see you know what did things get done did things happen and this could be you know this could be a specific year this could be something that you're just kind of more generally looking out for in terms of you know, conversations. I'm just curious as to what you see as the next steps um, in this process. Sure. So in a couple of months, Evanston is, uh, the city staff is expected to release 
kind of more of a detailed implementation plan. So this climate action resilience plan long it includes long-term goals, a lot of different events, milestones, but you know, the first initial action steps are still being developed. So I believe in March of 2019, that should come out uh, from Kumar Jensen, Emerson Sustainability Coordinator. That's very important in terms of, you know, finally taking concrete steps to begin meeting these goals. So once that comes out, Evanston as a whole should have a better idea of where it needs to go in order to begin implementing the objectives of the plan. Absolutely. And so I just want for this last little section here, I kind of want to you know, shift to a more personal side, pull back the curtain, if you will, because that's what we want to do on this podcast. We want to give our listeners kind of a, a look into our newsroom and how we operate. Um, and that goes with, with, with talking to our reporters about their story processes. So, uh, you know, can you describe to our audience what it was like reporting on the story and, and what draws you to environmental reporting? Sure. So this plan was actually passed back in December, right around the time when all of us were going through finals. So after finals were over and I really got a chance to sit down, look at the plan, it just was so amazing to me to be able to, you know, pour through these documents, be able to reach out to different city staff, members of the working group, and talk to them about their experience with this, why they feel that this is important, because I, everyone I've talked to has had really strong opinions on this. And I find that true in all the environmental reporting I've done. In the past, it's been very much that everyone is very invested in the future of our environment. And I mean, that's one of the draws of environmental reporting. What uh, Everything you write about is becoming increasingly relevant, especially with recent reports that have surfaced about human impact on, on the climate uh, with various federal, local, state regulations or deregulation. And environmental reporting itself is a unique way to look at how humans have impacted the world around us. Absolutely. And so as, as it relates to this story, and I know you already talked about Kumar Jensen, but who are the two or who are the two or three maybe key players that we should be following in relation to this story to see how it progresses in the future? Sure. So Kumar Jensen, Evanston Sustainability Coordinator, is pretty much spearheading this project. So his input is going to be really important going forward. Uh, also important would be city, various members of city staff, uh, Mayor Steve Haggerty. He has mentioned multiple times his interest in this topic and his, his influence could really push the plan one way or another. And of course, just all of the aldermen, they definitely they know what the constituents want and need, their opinions based on what their ward has decided is important will also help push this plan in different directions. Absolutely. So a final kind of question for you, and this is just something that I'm always curious about because a lot of things always surprise me in my, you know, reporting. I'm just curious, did anything happen while you were reporting on this story that maybe you didn't expect or or maybe shifted your angle on the piece than what you came in thinking it was going to be about? Well, this first piece was very basic, just going over the plan, how it's been developing, how it got passed recently. But something that's really interesting to me is the amount of uh, the passion that everyone I've talked to has about this plan. It's been worked on for a couple of years now, and everyone who I've interviewed has had a huge 
opinion on and stake in the process. So it should be interesting going forward to see how those views shift, change, are uh, validated in one way or another in terms of how, how the plan is implemented and what gets kind of focused on first. Absolutely. So that just about wraps up our first episode of Behind the Byline. Um, Emma, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk about your story today. Um, Tune in next week for a new reporter, a new storyline, and as always, your latest in Top Evanston and Campus News. Uh, Thanks for listening. And for The Daily Northwestern, I'm Ryan Lynch.